Have you ever wondered what it means to be a good person, to make good choices, to be kind? Well, all of that is called ethics, and in this new series, Good and Faithful, Life Well Done, we're going to be looking at this idea of Christian ethics, which is ethics through the lens of Christianity. And in the six weeks of this series, we're going to be looking at ideas like love, truth, and forgiveness. And so to kick us off today, our senior pastor, McGray DeVega, is going to be laying the framework for this entire series. And one more thing about this series that's going to make it unique is we're going to be referencing some copywritten material from Broadway. Now, because we're doing that, we can't show that in the context of the sermon. So before you watch the sermon, go to our website at hydeparkumc.org slash goodandfaithful to watch the musical that's going to set up today's sermon. All right, and I'll see you back at the end. Let's pray together. Oh God, open our eyes to empathy, curiosity, and humility, that we might be generous and compassionate toward others and ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure we'd all agree that character matters. Often we think of certain people as having high character or low character, and we generally have a shared idea of what that means. We prefer people of high character. We want to raise our kids to have good character. We want to live in communities that reinforce the character we desire in ourselves. But eventually, the question comes up, what do we mean by character? What qualities of good character are we talking about? And what defines Christian character as people of faith? Years ago, I attended a clergy gathering in which our former Florida Bishop, Timothy Whitaker, offered a lecture on character. He said he was grateful for the many churches that offered long-term comprehensive Bible study programs, churches like ours that had Disciple Bible Study, which taught biblical knowledge, and Christian Believer, which taught Christian beliefs. But Bishop Whitaker then suggested that churches should take it one step further, not just to teach biblical literacy and Christian theology, but also Christian character, and ethics, and moral formation. In other words, he said that we should not just learn what to know as Christians or what to believe as Christians, but how to be a Christian, how to act as a Christian should act in the world never forgotten that lecture. So here we are, some 20 years later, now starting a worship series that explores Christian character. It's called Good and Faithful, Life Well Done, in which we'll cover the five essential character qualities of the Christian life. Now, the title, you may recognize, comes from Matthew's Parable of the Talents, in which the master praises the servant with these words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of greater things. Enter into the joy of your master. So we ask the question, how should we live ethically and morally so that we might hear God say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. And as a foundation of our series, I will be drawing from two very different sources. The first source gives us the different character qualities, the five characteristics that we will be exploring each week. And the other source will help bring them to life 
in an inspiring way. So first, what are the qualities that we will be exploring? You know, there are, there are many lists of characteristics that we could choose from. Some of them come from the Bible. There are the qualities of love in 1 Corinthians 13. There's the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. There's the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. But then, while I was on renewal leave in the summer of 2022, I read one of the best books that I read all of last year. It's written by a professor of Christian ethics named David Gushy, and it's titled Introducing Christian Ethics. Now, I had not read a book on Christian ethics since my seminary days, but I, I picked it up from a recommendation of a friend and the book's reputation for addressing many controversial, polarizing topics of our day from a Christian perspective. And when I got to chapter eight in the book, the part that explains five qualities that constitute the, the moral core for Christian people. I knew I had to explore these five ideas with you in a worship series on Christian character. So here they are from chapter eight of David Gushy's book, Introducing Christian Ethics. Number one, truthfulness. What does it mean to be a truthful person? And how do we hold on to truth in a time when there are such competing and even contradictory notions of what is true? We'll talk about that next week. Number two, sacredness. In other words, what does it mean to live as a sacred child of God and see others as just as sacred? And how do we preserve the sacred dignity and worth of all of us? in a time when we are just as prone to dehumanize each other. That will be September 24th. Number three, justice. What does it mean to be a just person? And, and what do we mean by justice in a world that has vastly different definitions of it, from retribution to redemption to reconciliation? We'll explore what that means on World Communion Sunday, October 1st. Number four, love. What does it mean to be a loving person? You know, given the wide spectrum of understandings of love, how can we agree on what it means to act in loving ways toward each other? And then finally, there is forgiveness. Number five, how can we be a forgiving people? Despite the harm that we've done to each other, how can we make forgiveness a central part of our ethical and moral character and be agents of reconciliation in the world. So there you go. Truthfulness, sacredness, justice, love, forgiveness. All five of these qualities are found throughout the teachings of Jesus and together they form a kind of composite sketch of how Jesus would define the virtues and the ethics of the Christian moral life. But there's one more aspect to this worship series that I'm eager for us to experience together. It's based on this question. Why is having Christian character important? Why should we live with character as defined by Jesus? And to answer that question, there is another source material that we'll explore each Sunday, one that was also inspired by my renewal leave last summer. 
In today's scripture reading, Paul uses a unique word in his letter to the Corinthian church. In fact, this is the only time he uses it in all of his epistles. It's in the very last verse in which he shares a vivid metaphor that describes why living with character matters. This is what he says. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, as though sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to humans. Paul says we've become a spectacle to the world. In other words, God is using us to showcase to the world the kind of life that God intends for all people to live by. In the words of Jesus, we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the city on the hill. Paul says we are a spectacle for the world to see. Now, that word spectacle is from the Greek word theatron. It's a word derived from live theater in the Greek and Roman world in which crowds of people would gather in open-air theaters, many of them seating up to 14,000 people, in order to watch characters on a stage act out plays. Greco-Roman playwrights began writing dramas about 400 years before Jesus. and By Paul's time in the first century, live theater had become a way for people to learn about character to learn about aspects of Greco-Roman character. Heroes would exhibit virtues, villains would exhibit qualities to avoid, and, and fools on stage would poke fun at the hubris of those in power and offer subversive character traits. So Paul's reference to live theater is what inspired my renewal leave last summer, in which, as you may remember, my daughters and I spent two weeks in London's West End and New York's Broadway Theater District to watch eight live theater performances. And as I read David Gushy's book on Christian ethics, we, we realized that few art forms today can convey lessons of character and morality than the power of live theater. So in each of the sermons in the coming weeks, we will incorporate a story or illustration from a well-known theatrical production, including an iconic song from that show. So, to answer the question, why does character matter? It's clear here in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 9, why Paul believes this is so important. He uses this powerful theatrical metaphor to say that our character matters because God wants to showcase us to the world like an actor on a stage, to show the world a different way to live. In the very following verses, Paul basically says that we play the part of the fool to demonstrate qualities that are subversive and countercultural to the powers around us. So to live with Christian character is to poke at the hubris and arrogance of the world and to show the world that the way to greatness is actually through humility, and that the way to power is through obedience to the cross, and that the way to gain our life is to lose it for the sake of Jesus Christ. Living with Christian character 
makes us actors on God's grand stage and agents of change in the world. That's why this matters. It's a notion that was the basis for a famous book written in 1969 titled Feast of Fools by the renowned theologian Harvey Cox. This is what he said. He said, but it must have also been that these catacomb Christians had a deeper sense of the comic absurdity of their position. They must have known that they were fools for Christ, but they also claimed that the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. Only by assuming a playful attitude toward our religious tradition can we possibly make any sense of it. Only by learning to laugh at the hopelessness around us can we touch the hem of hope. Christ the clown signifies our playful appreciation of the past and our comic refusal to expect the specter, to accept the specter of inevitability in the future. Jesus is the incarnation of festivity and fantasy. This book and the premise of acting as fools for Christ to promote the qualities of Christian character became the premise of a now iconic musical called Godspell, written the following year by the great composer Stephen Schwartz and first performed in 1970. In the musical Godspell, the character of Jesus wears clown makeup along with the rest of the disciples dressed in various degrees of silly, playful costumes. And together they recount some of the most countercultural teachings of Jesus, rendered with catchy tunes and whimsical sets. And all of this is to show that the way of Jesus is a direct contradiction to the world's notions of power and greatness. And to be a follower of Jesus is to be a spectacle, a, a theatron, an actor directed by God for all the world to see. In the words of Harvey Cox, a fool for Christ. And in the words of Jesus, a light of the world. And that leads us to one of the many iconic songs in Godspell called Light of the World, which I encourage you to watch online later today. In fact, you can go to our website, hydeparkumc.org forward slash good and faithful all throughout this series for links to video clips, including today, a video clip of that song, Light of the World from Godspell, along with other material that I will be referencing throughout this series, including Dr. David Gushy's book on Christian ethics. You are the light of the world, a spectacle a theatron on God's stage to demonstrate Christian character and show others how to live. Let's pray. God, you are the composer, producer, and director of the grandest stage in the world. You've called us to step into the spotlight and deliver our lines for the greatest role we will ever play. Help us to be people of good character people who are truthful and sacred and just and loving and forgiving, that you might transform the world 
through our witness. Thank you for making us lights to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you found this message to be helpful, and I hope you're kind of humming that song, Light of the World, as you go about your week, because really, the words of that song are what we're trying to get across through the message today, right? That we are the light of the world, and we need to shine our light in the world. If you want to take this message further, we've got reflection questions down below. We've got next steps. You can join a small group, or you can just come attend our church and check us out. We'd love to meet you. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.